This is Bet MGM tonight. Join us for live sweats. Yes. Let's go, Kansas State. That was a big balls three. Three minutes ago. Big balls three. Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece. And maybe a few regrettable decisions. Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Gutekind sucks. Jordan Edison ran a 5-3-40, and he's Tristis height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvat, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew. Well, sort of. It's Ryan and Nick again tonight as we have the coaching search continue for one team left in the NFL, Ryan. And then the rest of the league has kind of figured out who they actually want to have. We're on Twitch. We're on YouTube. We're on the Odyssey app. We got NBA news. Got guys in. Got guys out tonight. Uh, We got people mad at the NBA rules of 65 games, which has kind of come to a head over the last couple of days, Ryan. Plenty of NBA tonight, some college, uh, college basketball as well. And we're slowly, slowly, my friend, getting closer and closer. If you listen, you can hear the clock ticking closer and closer to the Super Bowl. Cannot wait. Ooh, I can't wait. I can't wait until Sunday when we are in beautiful Las Vegas. Uh, just a couple days away from the Super Bowl. Um, I'm really excited for the matchup. I really am, man, uh, as we get closer and closer. Not excited to hear that Joel Embiid is going to miss another game tonight, although I guess maybe you could say I am a little excited because this season I have nothing to do with Joel Embiid. I'm out of bed with Embiid. Uh, I'm in bed with Luca. <laughs> I know that sounds weird, but... You know, and you look at, obviously, we talked about this a lot the last couple weeks. You and I have, you know, the MVP conversation in the NBA. I love how the overreaction shifts the numbers so much with Embiid, where he was 8-1 to and then went from, you know, being 8-1 to to plus 125 or whatever it was within 24 hours, even though he had already missed some time, right? And now he continues to miss games. Uh, He can miss, what, five now after tonight, four games after this, and so... I don't think he has a realistic shot at the MVP. And you look at the way that he was being priced, even last night he was only 3-1. to one. Uh, Took a shot with Luka because he leads his team in points, rebounds, and assists. Anyway, we could get into this. Uh, I'm really excited to uh, talk about a little NBA, a little NFL, a little bit of everything, man. College hoops, this is one of the best times of the year, and I'm excited. Yeah, Joel Embiid questionable tomorrow night. Uh, or actually, no, now they're saying, yeah, out, sorry, Thursday against the Jazz tomorrow. Not questionable anymore, so uh, with that knee yeah. issue, yeah. The... We talked about this like the last couple of days, and I think it's only going to get worse, right? We're only going to have more and more conversations about this limit, about how many games somebody plays. And and when you really think about it, this is somebody getting their salary but not getting their bonuses for working like the maximum amount, right? I mean, it'd almost be like, I don't know, putting limits on how many days of work you could miss in any other industry. So that's essentially what they've done here in the NBA. I do believe, though, that it is based more on the negotiations like Keith Smith mentioned yesterday, right? Like, this is the league saying, hey, we got those TV contracts coming up. We want to show you our stars are going to be motivated to go play. But it's clear Joel Embiid wasn't ready, tried to push it, went out there, although they say that it wasn't the same thing, and then he got his knee falling. The whole point of this really is going to be it's going to continue to be an issue as time goes on. Ben Simmons also not playing for the Nets again tonight. If you want to talk about somebody that never shows up to work, Ben Simmons, once again, is not playing. So uh, it's just some guys in the NBA are injury prone. Some guys push through injuries. Some guys really don't want to. Kyrie Irving's another one. And it's always going to be a conversation, uh, you know, throughout anything. Is there anything tonight that you want to you wanna throw out there, NBA or otherwise? 
Yeah, you know, like a lot of the games that I'm on, unfortunately, have already started. Uh, you know, yeah. I took the uh, over in Purdue Northwestern, and that's looking pretty good so far. Live total sitting there at 149 and a half. The game's actually tied 25 all. Uh, Purdue still 11 and a half point favorites on the live line. Uh, one that I still like coming up in about 26 minutes. It tips off here on the East Coast, 7:30 p.m. tip off. I actually like uh, Belmont against Indiana State. They're eight and a half point dogs at home. It's minus 110 over at BetMGM. And that's all I have in college hoops. Uh, I didn't do a whole lot in the NBA until a little bit later. I'll just throw it out. The only thing I have tonight, I actually took the Blazers plus 10.5 at home. Mm -hmm. Um, I also took Dame in the revenge spot over 26.5 points. And I also took in another revenge spot uh, over. uh, Let's see what the number is right now so I give out the correct number. My apologies. I went over points and assists for Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, I'm sorry, points and rebounds for Malcolm Brogdon. I went over (laughs) over 21. Yeah, so over 21, it's minus 120 right now. Uh, I like the Malcolm Brogdon and Dame revenge narrative tonight in that game. Yeah, I went the same way. Uh, I mean, I actually went, I actually did parlay one of these together as well over on Dame points and then just 15 plus points for Malcolm Brogdon as well. Just, Just to get a little insurance in case maybe, you know, one of them is forcing it just a little bit. I do worry about that with Dame. Like, is there going to be a little bit of emotion there? You go back and visit your old team. We know he still misses Portland, and there's talks about him, like, maybe finishing his career. They're going back there when it's all said and done, pulling LeBron, even though LeBron didn't actually, you know, finish his career in Cleveland. But he went back, so he did that. I do worry about the emotion that's there a little bit, but revenge games are always great, right? It's a narrative bet, but you and I both have narrative bets sometimes. It's not like that's anything new. So occasionally it's just something that's worth playing. So yeah, I, I went all in on the revenge game tonight too. I got to be honest with you though, man, I'm keeping it light in the NBA until the Super Bowl is done because I got so many props that are already and these numbers are getting bet up like crazy. Like, and I know we knew this. I know this is really something that should be expected, but I had to go in and just make sure I got as many overs as I wanted on the props market now because these prices are starting to get uh, n- a little more juicy than they were before. A little too much juice on some of these. Like use check, I think it was minus one fifty. It was the best price for one reception, yeah. which I know you like. I like that one too. Um, yeah. So I've gotten to the point now where it's like, dude, I got plenty of NBA coming up. I'll dabble in a little bit over the next week or so, just because I, I want to have something on games during the night. But I, I'm so deep in on this Super Bowl, man. I, I cannot wait for it. Yeah, and you know, next week obviously going to be a big week this weekend. Uh, I'll be all in on college hoops. Um, but I'm with you, man. A lot of props. So, yeah, the use check props. I mean, over a reception. Now, in some spots, I saw a juice minus 145. Still getting pretty good numbers yep. over at BetMGM. And then his yards from half a yard out to three and a half in some shops as well. So, a lot of love for Kyle Juszczyk. Uh, You know, I like both field goal kicker props. We'll talk about that. I, I'm going to like a lot of unders. I'm going to bet a lot of unders in this game. I already bet the total under. Um, I'm just right now, I'm just sticking with my San Francisco futures. I haven't done anything with the Chiefs, even though I probably should because it's Pat Mahomes. It's Travis Kelsey. I even Mm. said it going into last week. I said it with you. I said it with Peach on Tuesday on You Better You Bet when we were filling in for uh, Nick and Ken. I was like, man, I know Mahomes and Kelsey are going to win this game, the AFC title game. And then I know they're going to go on to the Super Bowl. And they're going to continue to win, man. Mahomes, and I know the shirtless picks came out. We see greatness. I love it. He, uh, he even tweeted out. He's like, man, you guys didn't have to do me like that. Hashtag dad. Not. That makes me like Pat Mahomes even more now though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the way that he could escape the defenders in the playoffs. 
and then he looks like just one of us. But um, yeah, man, uh, it's gonna be a big, 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 big betting week for me at the Super Bowl. So yeah, I'm taking it easy a little bit in the NBA, and like you said, I mean, you gotta really pay attention to the injury report. You never know who's gonna be in, who's gonna be out. Yeah, don't forget, of course, we're going to be there all week in Las Vegas, broadcasting from the BetMGM Sportsbook in Mandalay Bay. Lots of guests coming over, talking to us, jumping on the show. Uh, there could be some very random things going on behind the scenes. Uh, the beautiful thing about this, I did look up today. The, there's a lot of lists of a lot of the uh, the parties going on, Ryan. There's some there's some good stuff that we're gonna we're gonna be attending while we're there. I think without question, so should be a ton of fun. Also, I need to I need to once again, just like yesterday. I need to once again drown my sorrows in something happy tonight, and we'll figure out what it is. Because Mike McDonald, who I was at least hoping was going to be the, I guess, consolation prize for the commanders as a head coach, takes the Seattle Seahawks job today. I think it's a great hire for Seattle. He's a, the youngest head coach now in the NFL. He's 36 years old. And this is somebody that's defensive-minded. We saw what he did with the Ravens defense. One of the best in the NFL across the board, every single category. And Seattle had a defensive head coach in Pete Carroll. They get another one in Mike McDonald. A ton of young talent on that Seattle defense. And I think it was the right hire. I think it was a good hire. And Ryan, that leaves my commanders as the only team that does not have a head coach. I thought things were going to get better. I'm going to believe in Adam Peters, the new general manager. I'm going to wait. I'm going to see. I'm going to trust the process. But damn it, I cannot believe that another coach has gone off the market today. So at this point... I'm holding out and hoping Mike Vrabel actually becomes the head coach. All right. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I mean, I think that's best case scenario would be Mike yeah. Vrabel. The thing is, man, does Mike Vrabel want to take over a team that has to rebuild? And again, like, I know I kind of feel dumb now because a couple of weeks ago, I said that I thought the Washington, that the commander's job was actually the best job in the National Football League when you really thought about it. Because you look at that division and Nick Sirianni, continues to uh, be in charge in Philadelphia. He's the head coach. Now, yeah. I do like the hires that they made both offensively and defensively as far as the coordinators. But, um, you know, I don't feel as good as I did about even Jalen two years ago when it looked like he was going to be the National Football League MVP and then he got hurt. They played in a Super Bowl. And then this year, everybody regressed on both sides of the ball other than A.J. Brown, who just got hurt towards the end of the season. But, you know, I... I don't, I don't understand what's going on with Washington. You know what I mean? Because now you have a new ownership group in there. It's not like it's Dan Snyder and his people running the team anymore. Yeah, sure. The stadium's still, let's be honest, a dump in the middle of nowhere, but they're going to get that fixed mm. up. They're going to be able to move here soon. They're going to spend money. They're bringing in the right people. But most importantly, you have the number two overall pick in the draft. And getting back to what I was saying really quick, you know, like the Eagles, maybe not as dominant as we thought. The Cowboys still bring back Mike McCarthy. They always choke in the playoffs. And I would rather coach in the NFC, to be honest with you, than the AFC. In the AFC, you have to deal with Patrick Mahomes. You have to deal with Justin Herbert. You have to deal with Joe Herbert. Uh, Joe Herbert. Uh, Justin Herbert. You know, Joe Burrow. Um, pretty much all the top quarterbacks in the league. So, I don't understand what's going on in Washington. You have the number two overall pick in the draft, which is most likely Drake May or Jaden Daniels, and you know, you're in the weaker division. Now for Seattle, I absolutely love this hire. Now the Pete Carroll stuff makes sense. Pete Carroll not getting any younger. McDonald, the youngest head coach in the National Football League. And you know, like even look what they did last year in in the draft. You draft a guy like Devin Weatherspoon. You know, I really like that secondary. They're young on the defensive side of the ball. I still don't know if they have their quarterback. 
And I, Gino's a great story. I just don't know if Gino's the guy, but I really like a lot of pieces on defense. I just think they needed the right guy. So I love the hire for Seattle, and I have no clue what's going on here in D.C. Uh, in Washington because I thought that'd be one of the more sought-after jobs. I thought Ben Johnson, I thought that was, I thought that was uh, a done deal, man. I thought that was a lock. Everybody did. Well, you know what you always say, though, Ryan. There's no such thing as a lock. It's clearly an example of there is no such thing as a lock. But I'm starting to see that narrative tick up, including our guy, Joe O. Joe O, I love (laughs) you, man. But you're way over the top of what you said today about this job here and anybody else that's saying about Washington. Because what everybody's doing is they're saying, oh, I thought everything was different in Washington. Clearly, it's the same, and nobody wants that job. I thought it was supposed to be a great job. Here's the thing. Anybody that's going with that narrative is assuming that every single one of these candidates just turned that job down. You don't know what was said in these meetings. You don't know what was said after interviews, whether or not these new front office people, specifically Adam Peters, how they and the rest of his staff that's there, some holdovers, some not, how they felt about these individual candidates, whether they agreed on what the philosophy and what the strategy was, short-term, long-term, whether some of these coaches wanted to be part of a rebuild or not. Yeah, you have the number two overall pick. Yeah, you've got a ton of cap space. But you do have to be a head coach that wants to be a part of of building something that's going to take time. And I can tell you now, they're not looking to do this quickly. They're not looking to just spend a ton of money on free agency like they did back in 2000 when Deion Sanders and Bruce Smith and Mark Carrier came to Washington and Dan Snyder thought that this guy was running a stupid fantasy football team and he just wasn't. So this is something that is a drawn-out process, but what I'm going to do and a lot of people are going to do is trust the process that they're in right now. It does look bad that they're the last head coaching vacancy that's still there. But stop assuming that just because other coaching candidates have gone other places that they've all said, "Mm, I don't want to go to Washington anymore. That's not the place that I want to be. It's not the same thing. It's not the same culture, but it does take time to change your reputation. And that's what this organization's got to do now. Yeah. And I should know this because one team, one dream, but I'm not going to lie. I spent the majority of the day today at the uh, dentist office. So what did Joe O say about the command? Uh, He went on a rant. I saw it on social media. So feel free if our social team would like to tag him. Uh, I will go to war with Joe. I love him. Greatly respect him. But he's wrong here. Uh, We're just assuming what he said was, like other people, uh, was the I thought this was supposed to be a great job and everybody's supposed to love it. It's so overblown. Nobody actually wants to go to Washington. Basically playing the narrative. And for the most part, this organization deserves that reputation still until you prove otherwise that the culture is better and things have changed, that it's the same place, that nobody wants to go okay. there. But that's that, that's just not the case anymore. I guess you could say fair, but I mean, you have the number two overall pick. The NFC is pretty weak, and the NFC is not getting mm-hmm. any better. Like, the only thing I feel good about with the NFC is that the Rams will have a little bit of money to spend and that Ben Johnson's going back to Detroit. So they're scary. But San Francisco's going to lose pieces. Mm-hmm. Are the Eagles going to turn it around? Who really knows? And then, you know, I think Green Bay should be pretty good, to be honest. Uh, We'll talk about their defensive coordinator hire, which I just saw like 15 minutes ago. And then, um, yeah, like nobody else really scares me. Like the Cowboys don't scare me. This year they scared me. And look what they did with home field advantage. But I guess, man, it is a complete rebuild. That defense, that pass defense bad, that offensive line bad. So it might take a couple of years, but I don't know. It's it's Drake Mayer, Jaden Daniels. So I think it's a good job. And that's the thing is you've got to sit here and be a coach that wants to be a part of a rebuild. They're not going to do this fast. They're going to take their time and they're going to make sure that this is done right. 
So there could be coaches that just said, nah, that's not for me. But I can tell you it's not the same organization. We'll ask Jason LaConfora about it next. It's BetMGM Tonight. Now, back to BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Ryan Horvath, Nick Ashew tonight. BetMGM tonight. Counting down the days till we get to Vegas, my friend. I looked, the weather's starting to get better, by the way. It's starting to, like, not look as cold. The weather, getting up to, like, maybe 60. Not as much it's rain. So, yeah, so, you know, we're just going to cross our fingers. It'll, it'll be fine. The, the pools are heated any, anyway, so we'll be good. And we got hours before the show starts even then, so we'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got nothing to worry about. And even if we're stuck inside, there's plenty to do. Don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, yes, yeah. The one good thing is bad weather in Vegas does not limit your uh, your activities and what you can do. Though I really would like to take you on one of those off-roading things you can do outside We're of not Vegas, doing that. but you're, uh, you're refusing to do it. I, 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 how much would it take? How much do we have to pay you for you to do something like that? Go off-roading? Not, all the money yeah. in the world probably doesn't get me to do it, man. <laughs> like, I wouldn't go skydiving. All the money in the world. Because I would die, my heart would explode. I would, I there's like I have to enjoy the money, and I don't think I'd be able to handle it. I'm a big wimp. All right. Well, you know what? At least you're willing to admit it, and that's fine. So we'll we'll work on that. All right. We're joined by Odyssey NFL Insider Jason Lock and Four, host of the Odyssey Original Podcast, in the huddle with Brian Baldinger and Carl Dukes, covering the entire NFL 105.7 The Fan uh, as well, and uh, BetMGM Game Day. I, there, there's he does pretty much everything, and is as tuned in as it comes to in the NFL. Uh, we'll get to the game in a minute. We obviously got plenty of time. It's still like a week and a half till we get there. But I want to talk about the coaching situation going on in the NFL right now. We're down to Washington, the last team that does not have a head coach yes this is near and dear to my heart yes I'm trying to stay positive and hoping that this is all different because it should be different from where it used to be Mike McDonald leaves Baltimore takes the head coaching job in Seattle do you like that hire and what's next for Washington who's there with the last vacancy being them well I do like to hire a lot um you know I did a lot of reporting on on this um upcoming coaching cycle you know for one of my other gigs at the Washington Post really Dating back to October, I've been talking to people about this group of potential coaches, and I didn't think Belichick would get a job. I thought Harbaugh would have a very limited market, and he did. Um, but I also thought that, you know, of the guys who haven't done it before, the, the rising coordinators, Ben Johnson and Mike McDonald, like I'd have been shocked if they didn't get offered jobs. Like I, I'd have been shocked if they weren't head coaches. Um and so good on John Schneider, you know, who I think early on, you know, there's some people who he knew in this league really well, like a Mike Vrabel, like a Dan Quinn, you know, who they obviously talked to. Um, I think they, like many other teams, the Panthers, the Titans, the uh, Commanders in a perfect world, you know, were really inclined to, what ben, to, to, to lean into what Ben Johnson could do for them in the quarterback position and the offensive side of the ball. But obviously he took himself out of contention. So I love what Seattle did, frankly. Um, and I think if a guy like Pete Carroll is willing to hang around there uh, in a consultant role, all the better, right? This super young first-time head coach who who honestly uses, you know, he doesn't use cover three, cover six as much as Pete Carroll did. I don't think he's as beholden to certain, you know, coverages as Pete Carroll was. But certainly he used a lot of Pete Carroll stuff this year, McDonald did, especially in that game against San Francisco, right? A team he's going to have to beat if he's going to get to the promised land in Seattle, 
like he threw a lot of those looks uh, at Purdy and had him seeing ghosts and, and had him wondering, you know, what was real and what wasn't. So I think it's a great hire. Uh, we'll see about the offensive side of the ball. That's where concerns are going to lie, right? Who's he aligning himself with at the offensive coordinator position? Is he taking somebody like T. Martin from the Baltimore staff with him? Is there somebody more experienced he might be able to connect with? And we'll see. And ultimately, I think they're going to have to decide, you know, is Gino really patchwork for another year or two? You know, how quickly do we need to um, find our quarterback of the future? Look, I thought the Washington job was very compelling. I don't know if things are going sideways in these interviews. I don't know if this, you know, hiring group is having difficulty connecting with candidates or, or getting them to see um, the inherent potential of this job because I think it's a sleeping giant franchise. Uh, it, it's, it's, it hasn't gone the way I thought it would go. Uh, that doesn't mean that they still can't do better than where they've been, right? It's a low bar to clear. Uh, yeah. In terms of who you talk to, like Leslie Frazier for me is an NFL head coach. Like things have gone a little odd for him the last couple of hiring cycles. But, you know, I think Leslie Frazier could put together a, a, a a great staff and you could win football, you know, and, and help try to fix your defense and get you going. Um, how open-minded do you want to be? Like if you're really all about this second overall pick being a quarterback, I mean, can you, can you, can you get an audience with Lane Kiffin? You know, I don't know. Like I would think at this point I would be thinking outside the box, uh, you know, in, in terms of guys who haven't done it before. I mean, that's kind of been picked through, right? The Slovaks of the world decided they want to stay. You know, a lot of guys on the offensive side of the ball in terms of first-time coordinators, you know, they're not there. You, you could certainly give it to Mike Vrabel. I'd have questions about who's developing the quarterback for him, right? Maybe in a perfect world, that was Arthur Smith who did a really good job with the quarterback transition from Mariota to Tannehill in Tennessee. Obviously, that's not going to happen now. You know, Arthur Smith is, is in um, Pittsburgh. Could you get Kafka as the offensive coordinator and Vrabel's the head coach? I mean, there, there are certainly options, um, but it, it, it's been, it's been circuitous to say the least. What's next for the Ravens? How do the Ravens get better? Because I mean, already you had home field advantage and you couldn't close the door. I thought really like as crazy as it sounds, if Greg Roman was calling plays last weekend, oh, yeah. last Sunday, they might've won that game, yeah. man. You know, like they oh, abandoned yeah. the run. So like, What's next? And because we talked you about abandoned it. And to, to, wait, right. To abandon it, you would have <laughs> once had to actually attempt it. They yeah. systematically, categorically denied the existence of running game. They they were agnostic towards the ability or willingness to run the football. They 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 denied the possibility to themselves. Unbelievable. Yeah. It didn't make any sense, man. Like it didn't make any sense. And no. So now what do you do this offseason, right? You already lose your defensive coordinator. And now on the offensive side of the ball, you know, we talked about Todd Munkin all season long and the improved weapons. But, man, Odell Beckham Jr. didn't do anything no. in that game. I like Zay Flowers, you know, despite the yeah. fumble. So, you know, how do they get better or how do they get back to just where they were this year and then capitalize and actually get the job done if they have home well, field advantage? What do you I, think their plan is here? I, I mean, yeah, look, the bottom line is a healthy Lamar Jackson is 11 or 12 wins and you're in the dance. So, I mean, they've got a lot going for them. Um, you know, they've lost Mike McDonald. If I were them, I would have already done whatever I had to do to get Denard Wilson, their secondary coach, off the road and made him my defensive coordinator already. 
Like, I don't want him interviewing for anybody else's defensive coordinator jobs. You know, he signed a one-year deal here. He left Philadelphia. You saw what happened to the Eagles secondary when he left. You saw what happened to the Ravens secondary when he got here. Like, to me, it's a no-brainer. I mean, Anthony Weaver, he's a nice coach, whatever. D-line coach, no. I, I need My back end needs to be airtight. Like, we got Burrow in this conference. We got Mahomes in this conference. We got Allen in this conference. Now we've got a real coach with Herbert in this conference. Like, no. I, I, I My, my coverage, I, I've got to lock it up in the back end. Um, yeah. So I, I think they've got to – I mean, if they don't hire Denard Wilson, I think they're making a big mistake. Uh, look, uh, it's kind of the same old with them. They need pass rushers on the edge, and they need wide receivers. Like, they need the perimeter. The perimeter has been a problem for them for a long time. Even if they bring Jadavion Clowney back, history will tell you, you ain't getting back-to-back seasons out of Jadavion Clowney like you just got. I mean, the odds of him even playing more than 10 games next year would be light. You know, Van Noy, you're not getting another season like that. Um, they need corners. It's it's really it's, – it's out there. Wide receiver. I mean, Rashad Bateman. Lamar Jackson has a career passer rating of 69.2 throwing to Rashad Bateman. That's a first-round pick wide receiver through three full seasons in the playoffs. 69.2. This is an MVP quarterback. Nothing good happens when he throws the ball to Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman's got to go. Odell Beckham, it was a cute experiment. 15 million bucks. You got to go. Nelson Aguilar, if he's back as the four, that's fine, but he better be your four. Um, you know, it, it but but look, they're a good franchise, they're a good team. Uh and when they get to the playoffs next year. If the offensive coordinator does that again, he needs to be terminated after the game. <laughs> Talking to Jason Lockett for BetMGM tonight. Uh, the last couple of seasons, we've had a quarterback carousel that's looked almost like the NBA offseason where stars have moved to teams when we usually don't yeah. see that with franchise quarterbacks, although I don't know what we call Russell Wilson now at this point in his career. But now that we've kind of moved past the majority of the coaching situation, draft, offseason, senior bowls going on, we're starting to hear a little bit more about maybe reports at least of what teams could be considering doing this offseason. What do you think the quarterback situation looks like this offseason in the NFL with obviously a lot of guys that have a lot of at least yeah. potential in the first round of the NFL draft? Well, there's going to be probably at least five. I'd say definitely at least five, maybe six in the first round. So, you know, that that's going to happen. And the run's going to start right away. And it could be five. It could be four in the top ten, maybe even five, just depending on, you know, how who makes trades and if there's some jostling within the top ten for, you know, teams that are sitting there currently that don't have an overt need that trade out for somebody that does. Um, it's not what we, we've been very spoiled. These have been bizarre quarterback years dating back to really, you know, Brady's exit from uh, New England. We don't have anything like that going on this time. To me, the most interesting one is Justin Fields and who lands him. You know, is that the Raiders? Is that the Steelers? Is that the Falcons? I mean, any one of those teams get him. I think it, it, it immediately um, vault, vaults them to um, – much more of a contender status for me. I don't see him back in Chicago. They're going to, we know, all know what they're going to do. Um, you know, cousins, you know, is, is the, I guess the biggest fish in the free agent group. Yeah. There's not a whole lot there. You know, you're really looking at guys like cousins who are injured or, or kind of breaking down. Right. I mean, Garoppolo, you know, Tannehill, like Tyler Huntley, you know, Josh Dobbs, like it, there's not a whole lot out there. You know, Gardner Minshew, right? Like, Gardner Minshew is probably pretty well positioned in this group. 
just given, you know, who he's up against. But yeah, most of the teams that are looking to solve this riddle will be trying to do it through the draft. And again, it's going to start with Caleb Williams one. And then, you know, whether it's Daniels or May two, whoever doesn't go two probably goes three. Um, and away we go. Jason, we got plenty of time to talk about the uh, about the Super Bowl. So actually, I'd rather ask you about the Detroit Lions because I think already, I mean, bringing back Ben Johnson is huge because I expected some regression if they lost him. And it's, you know, even if yeah. you like Dan Campbell, it's just Dan Campbell and his cromies, a bunch of former players. Like you would feel like the brains are leaving, kind of like what happened in Philadelphia uh, when they lost Shane Steichen. So do you feel like the, you know, the window's still open for Detroit? You know, they can only get better from here, especially in a weak NFC. San Francisco's probably going to lose yep. some guys from this. How do you feel about Detroit going into the next year now that Ben Johnson's going back? I think they're really well positioned. And, yeah, it's huge for them that Johnson is back because they've been trying to get a deal done with golf since before the start of last season. A lot of people thought it was going to happen around the midpoint of the season, maybe around their bye. It still hasn't happened, but it's going to happen. So you'd love to at least get a year of golf, you know, when you buy new money now you're throwing at golf. You'd love to at least have one year of what, of a known thing, right? And the known thing is Jerry Goff in Ben Johnson's offense. And they're going to get that for at least, you know, moving forward another year, maybe two. Um, what do they need? Are they need another, you give them someone opposite Hutchinson uh, who can rush the passer. Um, and, you know, some tweaking in the secondary, but otherwise, I, I think the way they're built, like it's 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 pretty replicable, right? Like I, I, the way they win games, their template for success, they're kind of built to do it, and they're built to bully you with multiplicity in the run game. They've got a great offensive line. They're a dome team that's built to win non-finesse football games in that division where you play in climate, where you play in weather. So I, yeah, I, in the NFC, it is what it is. I mean, we'll see what happens after free agency in the draft, and if we're looking over there saying there's more teams we really believe in. Um, and certainly Green Bay is on the come. Um, but they, you know, they play Green Bay okay. Uh, so, yeah, I think we know where they need to get better, right? They, they need to get some guys to help them rush the passer. And they need to defend the ball in the air a little bit better. But the way they've been acquiring talent, I, I wouldn't bet against it. All right, Jason, still got about a minute here or so. It's a polarizing topic. Everybody's got an opinion on it. Where are you on Brock Purdy at this point from what we've seen? You all in? All in? I, I Look, he's he's a very good quarterback. There's no two mm -hmm. ways about it. Um, I also think he's a very lucky quarterback in a lot of ways, from mm -hmm. who he's with to how they protect him to how he's incubated to everything else. Um, but – I think, you know, the, the extending the plays with the legs, like if that becomes more of a thing for him and, and he is showing his athleticism a little more, I think, you know, that'll be important. But I, I still, like, you, you just look at some of the advanced metrics for him, really, since the Baltimore game, and it's like, this guy's got a horseshoe up his ass. Like, it, it's, it, you know what I mean? Like, you look at the off-target throws, you know, you look at the potential yeah. interceptions, it's – but he's winning games. I know it's and it's it's just I feel like it's always going to be the narrative that surrounds his career. You look at the system, you look at the coach, you look at the talent. So we'll see. Jason Lock and Four, always great to talk to you, man. Thanks for the time. Thanks, man. Thanks, guys. And make sure you follow in the huddle on the Odyssey app or subscribe wherever it is that you get your podcast. Great way to describe it, Ryan. Having a horseshoe up your ass. That is Brock Purdy at MGM the night.
Let the conversation continue with BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Uh, this time next week, we'll be in Vegas, Ryan, covering the Super Bowl. It's going to be great. It's going to be nice. And we're starting to get more and more of the props trickling out. Again, the basic stuff is just getting bet up like crazy, right? The normal yards and receptions and all the stuff we certainly look at every single week. But you get all the extra fun stuff now, too. Are you a guy that does the Gatorade color and the the you know the the coin toss and the national anthem and all that? Those just don't really do it for me because I feel like it literally is just a coin toss with any of them. Yeah, I'd be a liar if I was uh, going to tell you that I don't do those. I do it all. I do the Gatorade. I do the coin <laughs> toss. You know, I I do national anthem till some dummy tweets about it and then they take it off the market immediately. Yep. No, yeah, I do. Yep. I, I always look at it like, hey, man, it's a spectacle. It's the last opportunity to bet some football. So I jump in. I I, uh, I like to do it all. I, I do the Gatorade. I never actually hit the Gatorade. I think I've, yeah, man, in like 15 years of betting the Gatorade, I think I've hit it like twice only. But um, yeah, like really small though. You know, I don't I don't go too big on, on those kind of bets. I feel like the national anthem, you can kind of have like a tiny little bit of not like an advantage or anything, but just at least some sort of like this person stretches out these notes and does this like year after year, you at least have maybe a little something, but you're right. Once like a rehearsal gets out there, people leak it, then it gets taken off the board. So you don't really have much of an opportunity once that happens. Yeah. If you have any sort of edge ever, why tweet it out? Like why, why take away from everybody else? You know, just. Keep that information to yourself. But that's the issue, unfortunately, with social media. You know, remember, that's why everything's changed so much, like betting games. You know, back in the day, it was a lot different. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, unless you have a real edge, just be careful. The National Anthem, man, I've made a killing off the National Anthem in the past. Especially, like, if you get a singer, you know they're really going to stretch it out. But I, I love mm -hmm. digging in and diving into stuff that, isn't going to matter in the long run, like going back, watching like old YouTube videos, right? Like, oh man, Post Malone, uh, you know, he, he's singing the national anthem. Let's go back and find out if he's ever sang the national anthem. Let's go back and watch all of his live performances. Yeah. Does he give an extra breath? Let's listen to his cadence. It's, it's hilarious. It is. It's, you know, we all become national anthem experts when we start jumping in with it. And then you realize like, God, what am I doing? There's just, there's a certain point where you're just like, I can't, there's only so much I could actually do that works with this. We're going to spend obviously a lot next week looking at some of those other specials that are out there and, you know, the props that are there. But Scott gave us one today, I think is actually a really interesting one. Just given the fact that we have all of these offensive weapons out there for Kansas City minus half of their wide receivers. But we know that Kansas City still has guys that can score touchdowns, guys that can get in the end zone, make big plays for them. We know what San Francisco is capable of. First score of the game, San Francisco touchdown plus 550. Kansas City, uh, San Francisco rushing touchdown, by the way, not just touchdown. San Francisco rushing touchdown is plus 550. Kansas City rushing touchdown plus 750. San Francisco receiving touchdown plus 450. And a Kansas City receiving touchdown comes in as actually the favorite at 3-1 to one right there at BetMGM. Yeah, so I would actually look at the San Francisco rushing touchdown. Um, mm -hmm. The thing that I bet, the things that I've bet, both field goal kicker props, overs. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. Did I you really go like points or did you go field goals? Did you go total field goals or uh, kicking points? 
Uh, both total field goals and total oh, you, points. Okay. I've okay. went all overs. Yeah. The only overs that I've played in this game so far, other than Brock Purdy rushing yards, which we've talked about mm. a tremendous amount, um, both kicker props, you know, everything else. Yeah. I don't know, man. Maybe Mahomes rushing yards I go over on, but uh, and Kyle use check receptions, of course. Uh, yeah. If you get the right numbers, you know, over one reception, over half of a reception, just to have one catch uh, wins you some money here. But I would maybe look at San Francisco a rushing touchdown. I, I just like I go back, I watch that game, and I still have no clue what the hell Todd Munkin and Baltimore were thinking. Like they didn't run any quarterback power. Not that San Francisco is going to run a whole lot of quarterback power with Brock Purdy, but I think they're yeah. going to look to run off tackle off Trent uh, Trent Williams, and I think they're going to look to do so obviously with Christian McCaffrey. So I like that number for San Fran. I don't I don't think they're going to abandon the run or like Jason said, Jason Lockenfora who just joined us, uh, not even look to establish the run. Um, I think San Francisco <laughs> is going to be much smarter with their game plan. We know Kyle Shanahan and his run concepts. We know what he likes to do. So. I'd probably look at a uh, San Francisco rushing touchdown to be the first score. I kind of like that market. And I like that price, too. There's two reasons why. It's funny. That's why it's the first thing that popped in my head was looking at that going. That, that makes perfect yeah. sense because if you look at what San Francisco did, right, you said that Kyle Shanahan won't abandon the run. You know with Christian McCaffrey, he's going to get the carries even if you're not making progress right away. Just look at what they did against Detroit last week. I mean, we spent all that time leading up to that game saying, Man, the Lions defense, top five rush defense in the NFL. I don't know. Christian McCaffrey, over 88 and a half rushing yards, might stay away. We took the receiving yards. Rushing also hit if you got a good number, obviously, early on. But if they're able to do that against Detroit and that run defense, well, they could do it against Kansas City. And you got to think, too, if they're making life miserable, Kansas City's pass rush, that is, for Brock Purdy, getting after him early. I mean, we've seen that time and time again this year. The Philadelphia game on Monday Night Football always stands out to me because we were all there. We're watching the game. That was one of those premier Monday night games. We're going, uh, Jalen Hurts can't get the football off. He can't complete a pass. So if they're getting after Brock Purdy in the same way, and he's either got to get out and kind of scramble and use his legs like he has, not just last week, but did in the playoffs, obviously against Green Bay as well. I mean, there's an opportunity. Even Brock Purdy maybe is the one that gets in the end zone at some point. But Kyle Shanahan's not going to abandon the run. He's not going to abandon Christian McCaffrey. They're going to get those carries. And I think there's a really good opportunity there. You're right. For a San Francisco rushing, rushing touchdown to be the first one of the game, especially if they're trying to establish that run early, keep the pressure off of Brock Purdy and just make it so gets a rhythm, gets in the flow of the game, don't put too much pressure on him, and then establish that play action so you can open up the pass game for him too. Yeah, and this is what we talked about like all week last week, and that's why it's so baffling what Baltimore did or didn't do in that game in the AFC Championship game because you're averaging about six yards per carry if you go off tackle against the San Francisco defensive front. And or I'm sorry, uh, against this Kansas City defensive front. And for whatever reason, Baltimore just, uh, you know, never looked to establish it. And then you have San Francisco, um, you know, even against the Lions, who are top 10. They're a really good run defense, really good at getting after the quarterback. Their secondary obviously struggles, but they're really good against the run. And Christian McCaffrey still had 20 carries for 90 yards, still averaged almost five yards per carry, 4.5. Still had a rush that went 25 yards in that game still scored two rushing touchdowns. Now he steps down in class. They step down in class against this Kansas City uh, defensive front. So I think San Francisco is going to be able to run the ball. Also, like, look what they did against Detroit, just making guys miss. They're so good 
you know, after the catch, but also McCaffrey's just so good making guys miss. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, Cam Sutton, they both had three missed tackles trying to tackle Christian McCaffrey, and eight other Detroit defenders had at least one missed tackle. So that would be the way that I would look. Um, San Francisco rushing touchdown, because I think this is going to be a big McCaffrey game, which is why those numbers continue mm-hmm. to go up and why they're almost unbettable now, especially the rushing and receiving that's in the in the, uh, in the the hundreds now. I mean, it's it's crazy how fast that goes. But, you know, I was looking at that. I mean, you go back to, you know, pretty much most of this season, right? Christian McCaffrey, even when they set that number high, his total yards still are up there. I mean, he had 132 against Detroit, 128 against Green Bay. This is total yards. 131, forget the Washington game late in the season, that regular season, that didn't matter. 131 against Baltimore in that loss, and then 187 against Arizona. So, like, it doesn't really matter how high they put that number. And, it, again, it's it, they're, getting, they're getting pretty tight with what they give you now. But in reality here, Christian McCaffrey, no matter what, and that's why I like the rushing plus receiving still every single week with him because it gives you that opportunity if maybe they're not getting – like, they're just not making as pro- much progress as you'd think, right, running the football. Well, out of the backfield, he's just as dangerous. We saw what he did last week. It wasn't very hard for that to happen. So, yeah, I just why, – why would you not, if you have somebody, one of the best running backs, if not the best running back in the NFL right now, I think Christian McCaffrey's the best running back in the NFL, why would you not use somebody like that as much as possible in as many creative ways as possible? The last game of the year, we're also – you can get a little more creative. Right, like you don't have to worry about a team next week seeing what you did on film and then not being able to use that again. This is a game where you also can pull out all the stops. You can do something crazy, and I think Kyle Shanahan's going to certainly be willing to do that. It's also why Ryan, when we talk so much about Christian McCaffrey and what his potential can be in this game, and obviously what we've seen the entire year. I mean, MVP of the game. If they take Purdy out of this game, if Kansas City gets after him, makes his life tough, right? Even if he plays well, and say he throws for 230 yards, two touchdowns, but there's a pick. McCaffrey goes for 140 total yards. I mean, McCaffrey then, I'm he should be MVP at that point. So there's some value still, even at plus 450. I've seen some plus 475s out there too. It's not obviously what the price was even just last week before Detroit. But Christian McCaffrey, MVP, is another one to really think about just because of all that potential in that offense. Yeah, you know, and I even like an anytime touchdown for Brock Purdy, uh, to be honest with you. Um, you know, because Brock Purdy, I think he's going to be able to use his legs, which is why, you know, his rushing props went from 11.5 up to 12.5, which I'm seeing still at minus 110. But it's not just McCaffrey and what he's going to be able to do with his legs. I think this should be a big game for Brock Purdy uh, if he has to use his legs. He had 48 rushing yards, as we know, in the NFC Championship game against Detroit. And I'm not comparing Detroit and Kansas City's defense and Spag's uh scheme to Detroit scheme with Aaron Glenn but they do both send a bunch of extra pass rushers and they do pull uh both play a bunch of man coverage behind it so I think there's going to be some open rushing lanes and I think that uh Purdy's going to be able to use his legs so um yeah I like I like Purdy to use his legs and I love McCaffrey in this game because of everything that you just said and so Super Bowl MVP I don't hate it um alternate props I don't hate it but I also the more I think about this matchup, I'm not really scared away from Purdy rushing yards or the anytime touchdowns yeah. just because it's such a popular bet. I think it's a popular bet for a reason. Again, sometimes, like we've said, right, the public does win too. Nobody would do this if the public didn't right. win. So you've got an opportunity there, certainly with a guy that makes you know a ton of sense. There's also Isaiah Pacheco on the other side of things. 
Guy's been getting a lot of carries. I took the over on his carries. They bumped it up from 14 and a half to 16 and a half, which we should have expected given where things have been recently. But they see the type of weapon he is. He's obviously not Christian McCaffrey, but he's a weapon as a receiver, as a runner. He'll lower his shoulder and take some guys out. Runs a little funny. I think somebody described it as a kid in the shoe store testing out his new pair of shoes when he runs. Yeah. So now I can't unsee it whenever whenever he's running. I can never see it again with his feet the way but he stomps. It doesn't matter. Isaiah Pacheco is really one of the better backs in the NFL as well. And Kansas City's finally figured out, like, this is a guy we got to give more carries to. So here we are. Bet MGM tonight. It's time for a short commercial break. Don't go anywhere, though, because we'll be right back with even more BetMGM Tonight. Presented by BetMGM. Live from BetQL.